AIM Fuse is right around the corner. This year, Fuse is a premium interactive experience featuring live streams of industry-leading speakers, an exhibit hall where you can connect with AIM sponsors and partners, and also real-time networking with other attendees on the virtual platform. So make sure you do head over to aimgroup.com and get your tickets. Hey, welcome to Broker to Broker. This podcast is all about real talk from one broker to another. Each week, we'll be talking with an AIM member about their journey into the broker channel, their challenges, and unique insights. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Broker to Broker podcast brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, JP Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today we have two, the first time we've done two people at the same time. Uh, we have Claire Mahoney of, I always get this wrong, it's so simple, Mortgage First Corporation, Vice Damn President, it. and her <laughs> husband, Matt Mahoney, who is a, a local real estate agent, right? I'm, I know you guys from yeah. Costa Rica, but I'm learning and we're getting to, to show everyone uh, who you guys are. Uh, but thank you for doing this. I know it's crazy out in Oregon, right? Yeah. Yes. Like we were just speaking about with, with the fires and everything going on, the the air quality's not good, <laughs> like you no. said. No, it's really bad. Yeah. Before we got on, I thought Julian was going to say open a window, and he said open a door to get better sound. And I'm like, no, don't open the window. Yeah. You know? no. But, but that's yeah. crazy. Um, and I know you guys are busy with school. You have how many kids again? Six. Yeah. Six? Yeah. That's crazy because I have Kinder three. Kindergarten through junior in high school. Wow. And you guys are doing virtual school, I'm assuming? Uh, kind of? Hybrid model. Summer in, summer in school and summer hybrid where, yeah, online and a little bit of in-person. So. Okay. Yeah, out here in, a, in a Philly where there's some hybrid stuff, but most public school is is all virtual. So my wife's yeah. at home right now with only three kids. I know it's only three kids, but uh, it's crazy. Still a lot. I get it. A lot. <laughs> I get it. Um, all right. So let's jump in. Um, Claire, like I said, I know a little bit about you. Uh, uh, I know you're vice president. Your father started this company, right? Back in the day? He technically didn't start it, but he's been okay. there. We opened in 89 and he started in 96. So okay. um, he's definitely only been there quite a while and he had a business partner at the time and then she has since retired and about seven years ago I started and about two or three years ago um I started taking over it like co-ownership with him okay all right cool so let's give a little background so when did you actually I mean I guess mortgages have, has always been in your blood right but when did you like officially get into the industry and how did you start yeah, yeah so um it's definitely been something that I heard at the dinner table my whole life. Um, but I, my dad would never push it on me or my brother to like, Hey, this is what you got to do. And you got to take over the family business. Um, there was no talk or pressure like that at all. Um, I first asked my dad, dad about it in 2008 or nine and was like, Hey, what do you think about if I like did what you're doing? And he's like, Oh, Timing is not, yeah. let's like wait this out a yeah. little bit, not ideal timing. So let's, you know, put a pin in that and come back to it. Um, so then 
I brought it up again in 2013, and that was when his partner was retiring. And so he's like, okay, this is probably um, a good time. And things are starting to indicate that we're like rebounding here, like the market in general. And um, so that's when I, that's when I started. And he, he, it was always under the assumption of like, if this doesn't work out, like no harm, no foul, family businesses can work really well together or they can be really bad. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't work out either direction, we're just, we kind of had an agreement of, it wasn't a life sentence um, or commitment. So, but it's worked really well. And my dad and I are similar enough that we get it and work well together, but we're also different enough that we add different, uh, just, good good positive things that can come from different personalities where it's a good combination and a good team so yeah 2013 is when I started okay cool and and what what was your capacity when you started did you come in just kind of like processing like what did you do when you got in yeah so I was really so the company's been around since 89 and most of the employees at that time had been with us 20 plus years so they had all known me since I was like nine, um, but they also know, you know, I'm the owner's daughter. So I did not, I had a big mission for myself that I did not want anyone to think that I had this handed to me. Yeah. Um, so I told my dad, I want the smallest office. I want the crappiest computer. And I don't want anyone to think this was handed to me and that I didn't earn it. So I started out processing and I also just spent a lot of time shadowing my dad. I'd sit in on appointments and take a billion notes and ask him a million questions. And I, I started originating um, by the end of 2013, but it was very much with my dad alongside me. Mm -hmm. And um, then I also kind of worked on some things to improve like marketing stuff. Like we didn't have a Facebook page and we didn't have a Yelp listing or any of that kind of stuff. So I tried to do things that improved the company that wasn't just me trying to pave my own way. I wanted to show everyone that I was uh, in it for the greater good of the business and that I was earning my own way and learning it and not just having it handed to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no doubt. I, I think it's a really, uh, a really cool dynamic because it's been around so long, right? So probably with you coming in, you brought some of that, like that newer school, right? Yeah. To mix with the old school. And mm -hmm. I've been preaching this a lot with a lot of people on, on these podcasts. Like it can't be just all tech and all like new school, right? It's gotta be that mix. Cause some people are starting to see like we're losing some of that personal touch with all this automation. Right. Um, so you guys probably have a pretty good mix. Um, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Right. Um, right. but how is, how is you bringing some of this, newer tech and a newer energy, maybe a younger energy to the older, you know, the old school. Like how did that start out? Like, was there, there's gotta be some clash there. There's gotta be just people trying new things. Like how did that, how did that work out in the beginning? Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely, uh, it was an issue then and it's, it's oh, an sure, issue today. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's evolving and it's something that I kind of just have to constantly uh, reassess and kind of, uh, I guess, adjust expectations sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, there are certain things that I would have loved to have done years ago that I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I have to have a slower pace to aim for that goal. Like, 
whatever that is. But um, I, it, just in the last few years, we've already had several people that had been on our staff for 20 plus years that are retiring or mm-hmm. um, just working less than they were. So that's been, now that I'm, you know, several years into it and I've, I do feel like I've earned my place and everybody sees that I've earned it and that I have some element of say in um, how the business is run and they can see that my intentions are good for the growth of the company. I've hired several new people, but yeah, there's definitely a element of new school, old school. And I, I try really hard to communicate with everyone that the, the aim is never for it to be this like, old versus new right 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 we can both both of those elements can add really important value to the company the the old school people uh, have made us who we are today and um established our reputation locally that i mean that's huge and i i respect that very much and i um value that they are experts in what they do and they've seen it all and they are really, they're really good at what they do and are really great resources for like, I have this weird scenario that I've never seen before. How, what would you do? Um, and so that, that's really valuable that there's a really good team sense of um, helping each other, which is awesome. And then the, the newer people, it's also great that they can be like, hey, I tried this new way to do this uh, and I think this would help you too. So there's, um, yeah, I, I've I've tried to basically make improvements and uh, in processes and tech that I can control or that I can control on my processing side. That I'm not asking the LOs that have been with us a really long time to do much change. So I don't um, I, I get less pushback that way if if it's my responsibility to make it happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that's what that's kind of become the the way that works for me and i have kind of short-term goals and long-term goals of what kind of changes we're going to make and see yeah yeah i I think everything you said right there it was very well said uh i mean being in this company or really the industry for only seven years um and i get the family dynamic my whole family's insurance yeah and my dad my grandfather my aunts my uncles and i was kind of the first one to kind of break off of that and mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping to get back into that because that that's that residual income is nice with the insurance but anyway that's a whole nother thing um but I think I, th- I really think it's something to be proud of over seven years of of what you said like you feel more like comfortable and confident that that they trust you for for what you're bringing and you're not like oh it's just given to me I get that yeah. totally so I think that's really cool uh, what you've done there. And, and I've seen it just knowing you with Facebook and meeting you guys. I mean, that's, that's all true and legit. How, how much work you guys put in, no doubt. I see it. So that's cool. Um, one question I had was like, what was the first thing that you, that you brought to the table to like, was it a Facebook page? Was that like the first shocking thing? Like, what is this? Like to some of Uh, the the older crowd, I hate saying that, but you know, I I mean, that's, yeah, it's accurate, but um, yeah, the Facebook was huge, and um, introducing DocuSign and so simple, right? That, but yeah, yeah. Dropbox. Um, I, I changed our website. Our website was embarrassing seven years ago. 
Um, I've changed it a couple of times since then, but every time I change it, you know, I think it's improving and getting even better, but, um, you know, it's still, there's pushback. Change is hard. So new business cards, new business cards, new logo, new photos. Uh, having, yeah. Made everybody get new photos. Yeah. They were black and white business cards seven years ago. Yeah. Right. So uh, crazy. Yeah. Like 20 year old photos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh. there, it's been a lot. I mean, especially if I really think back to all the things over seven years, it, we've come a long way and I am proud of that. Nice. That's but, awesome. That's, that's good to hear. Um, I'll turn it over to Matt real quick, kind of like another viewpoint. Like, like what have you seen that, that Claire has done over the past seven years that, that you, I mean, just coming from an outside view, right? Like sure. I'm sure you've seen like, wow, that's pretty cool that this has come about so quick. Cause listen, seven years is a long time, but it's really not that long to make those type of changes with people that have been doing the same thing for 20 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I can really only speak into the last three years or so. Um, and a lot of the changes have happened during that time and being able to watch how hard she works and she doesn't just throw things on people. She tests them out first and if they don't work, she tries something else. Cool. So she's doing a lot of the behind the scenes testing of things before she tries to implement it, making sure it works. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I mean, She's humble, but she's the rainmaker for the office right now. And, and cool. um, so she does that. She manages. She's a mom of six. Yeah. Um, she's pretty dynamic. Yeah, that, that's cool. And, and, and Matt, being on the, on the real estate side, right? Um, I mean, I, I'm sure you deal with other lenders, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean it's just going to happen, right? right. Um, like, w what are you seeing that, that maybe Claire and her team are doing better out there than other lenders that you've seen. I mean, just being uh, on the yeah. broker side, like we see a lot of new things, but there's some, there's some bad stuff out there still that we get yeah. blind to do because I feel like we're doing a good job. So like, what are you seeing that Claire and, and her company are doing better? Yeah. There's um, a lot fewer brokers in our area than it seems like there are nationwide or even in Portland. We're, we're south of Portland by about 45 mm -hmm. minutes. And so, um, just being a broker alone is different. Okay. Um, things that, well, I mean, it's just a broker model. It just, yeah. it's a winning model. So that differentiates it a lot. Um, the care for, uh, the clients, um, goes beyond what most, most retail places have. Um, it's obvious that they are working for the client and not for the lender. Yeah, um, you know, especially with the volatility in the rates, uh, especially back in like March and April, just how insane that was, um, having to switch between lenders when programs are going away. Mm -hmm. Retail couldn't do that. Uh, there were plenty of examples of where uh, retail blew up a deal and they had to save it. Um, we had to save it. Yeah, you guys had to save it. Yeah, broker, brokers had to save it. Right, right, and, right. Uh, and so that's... Um, added to their reputation uh, around is especially in my office because I know just Claire has saved quite a few deals in the last year um, for brokers in my office and uh, th that to me is that that's the, the big thing um, is that they'll shop rates for you they'll make sure that you're in the right 
program and that it's not just what upper management says uh, they're going to do what's best for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That, that That's well put. I mean, it's fun having a real estate agent on here. You know, I kind of just, I just kind of want to go at them and just rip them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, being, being like a top notch understanding real estate agent, right? Like, and then I'm going to get back to Claire, but um, what are some things you think, lenders beat up real estate agents on too much or vice versa? Like, where do you see it? I mean, you see all Ugh. the sides, so you get it, right? I mean, yeah. I, mean, like, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but I kind of well, want to see. Yeah, it's a great question. I've been in the uh, Brokers Are Better group for, well, since almost it started. And so I get to hear all the- I get to see it, yeah. I get to see, I get to see all the negative things that are said about uh, people in my industry, or uh, I guess, all the same industry my portion of the industry right, right. and um, a lot of it is spot on um, and people get these big eyes of how much the checks are going to be and they jump into it and work part-time and do a couple deals a year and screw up twice as many and uh, yeah they just don't understand lending and um, I think that that is um, something that where brokers have the opportunity to really explain uh, to realtors uh, the broker model and why that's important. And as a realtor, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our client. And the thing, I mean, I can get on a soapbox here. Do but, it, do it. <laughs> is that we as realtors have a responsibility to our client and I can negotiate the best deal. I could save them $30,000 a year or, uh, on the price. Um, every term that they want. I mean, they can get the tractor that they want uh, with the property. But then if I send them to my buddy over at, you know, retail R us, it's going to charge them, you know, a full percentage point higher and twice as much in closing costs. And over the life of the loan, it's going to cost them $60,000. Well, I just screwed them mm -hmm. because really this point. buddy of mine takes me golfing. So I'm putting a relationship over my client and yep. that's not a good it's not a good move. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, like, how much time are you spending on Amazon to save a couple bucks? You do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Why don't you spend a little bit of time researching a mortgage and uh, a mortgage broker will shop for you. So. Yeah, that's, that's again, very well put. I think it really comes down to both sides of our industry is, is really putting the consumer first. I think that's really all it is when it, when you get down to it, because if we're really, looking out for the consumer was going to put him in the right, right position every single time. So that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, and when you're talking about complaints of what lenders complain about realtors, and what realtors okay. about lenders, I think a lot of it boils down to inexperience or like overpromising where people that, you know, the, the biggest issues that we have typically with realtors are realtors that don't do a lot of deals. And so they just don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I know there's a whole lot of new um, people in the mortgage industry too, where I, you know, we all are new at one point and we all mess up. So, I mean, I've always had the kind of motto of um, under promise over deliver. And if I don't know, I'll tell you, I don't know, but I will find out for you. And then I get back to them. And that goes so much further than just talking out the side of your mouth of stuff you just made up or you think is probably right. Um, and then you find out it blows up later. Um, I, I really think that is the underlying 
a very common underlying issue with either direction complaints of realtors or um, mortgage brokers. Yeah, I mean, they really do fall line in line. It's, it's really about experience on both sides. And it's very tough to teach it. I mean, you do have to get your hands dirty to, to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a tough one because you have to do it, like you were saying, to get the experience. But those first couple ones just aren't going to be the best. So it's, it's about character in the end. It really is. That's it cool. is. And humility. I mean, being able to be humble enough uh, in your first few deals or first few years is to go to someone that knows more experience in the mortgage industry or on the real estate side of things and asking questions and, and asking across, you know, uh, our, our roles, like going to a lender, if you're a realtor and saying, Hey, can you educate me on this? Why, you know, how does this work? What's APR like understanding that. And then the lender being able to ask questions about the contracts and why do you do this? And why do you do that? And, you know, new additions to our contract every year that the state puts out, it used to be like three pages. Now it's like 12 and, uh, and being able to just communicate and, and know that you don't have all the answers. I think that's the biggest thing. Like you said, you're, you're writing checks here. You just can't cash uh, sometimes and you screw up things and uh, it's better off to ask mm-hmm. first. Yeah. 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 Um, this kind of leads to this next question. Then if, if you're getting into, uh, let's say you're brand new and you want to get into mortgage or real estate, right? Um, we'll start with Claire. Would you recommend just opening up your own mortgage broker shop or would you recommend, right? Like we're talking about going, working with someone with experience, you know, because we see this a lot yeah. in, our, in our industry. Everyone's just popping. I was one of them, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I had seven years in the industry but I open up my own shop. If I look back, maybe I would have gone and taken a year with someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. But now I got mm-hmm. through it, but obviously you would recommend going and working with someone. Yeah. I, I can't imagine being brand new and operating the whole Mm-mm. thing. Crazy. So, um, I, I feel like, I feel like I had a huge advantage walking into a broker shop that was full of very experienced people that I was comfortable with and knew me and were willing to help me. And I could sit in on their office and ask them a million questions and go through their files and, and figure things out that if I was new and, or didn't, or felt like I was on an Island there, I I would have been on such a slower learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I already feel like there's a, I see so many people like in Burbs are better that I'm like, dang, they're like catching on so much faster than I did. Like it took me a few years to really get my feet under me and feel like, okay, I can start running now. So I, I definitely would recommend starting somewhere where you have solid training and resources. Um, and even if it's just kind of seeing how someone else does it. And even if you decide, okay, well, I, I like this, 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 but I don't like that. And I would do this differently. I just can't, I, I don't know how you can, I think the odds are stacked against you. Yep. If you yep. start out just winging it on your own without that kind of base to go off of. Yeah. Yeah. The only good thing is like, we didn't have bro- a brokers are better uh, group or aim at the time, you know, when mm-hmm. we started, I mean, that is, that is huge. I mean, let's be honest. That's big. If you were starting out, get, get in the group. I'm not here to pitch it. I don't get paid nothing, right? But, like, yeah. get in that group, you know, because um, mm-hmm. that, that really is. And, Matt, you've seen it. Just I think that's really cool that you're yeah. in that group to get an idea of what it's like on this side. Maybe there needs to be a group on, uh, on the real estate side. There probably is, right? 
Um, yeah, I mean, there are groups, but I, I don't think there are any that are, uh, well, I, I'm probably pretty unique in my industry about how um, big of an advocate I am for the broker model. Um, I mean, I've told her before that if she was retail, she wouldn't get referrals from me. Right. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, I love her and I, I like the fact that she gets paid when I get paid too, but um, I, I wouldn't send people to her if she was expensive and um, screwing people over. Yeah, so. makes a little sense. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, let's shift, Claire, to where you're at now. So we spoke, I guess, late last week and you're hiring. I know someone left you guys in a really chaotic time in the industry, right? So you're up to what, five processors now? Am I right in saying that? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I, his, like, we've been open since 89 and forever we only had two. And yeah, like you said, in, I think it was May, the yeah. one of my processors yeah. um, just ghosted us. Um, I walked in Monday morning and her key and a note was on her desk, like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> so that was, that was a, a gut check. And because um, we've been, you know, busier than ever, like we all are. And um, we had to scramble to keep things moving. So I had been um, actually listening to another broker, broker podcast. I listened to Nate Davis. Yeah. Um, a few months before that and how he had talked about how he broke down the processing into smaller like uh, assembly line kind of thing and I was like, like that is something I would love to do but again it was kind of something where I'm like okay I would love to work toward that that would be so big of a change that everyone would freak out in my company that um, I, in a busy year like this it's probably not something I can tackle right away but I want to work toward that well now I'm down 50% of my processing staff. And so well, and your other processor was new. receptionist, new and processing. Yes. So yeah, so she was she less was, experienced. Yeah. Um, like potential is certainly there, but she didn't have the experience. Yeah. So um, I, I talked to my dad and was like, okay, this is what I was kind of thinking I would like to work toward, but what do you think about if I did it like right now? Because we're kind of at ground zero anyway. So now might be as good a time as any to just go for it. So he's like, okay, let's try it. So I spent a Sunday breaking down like every step of the processing, um, the whole thing, every step I could think of and broke it into four categories and had my existing processor. I put her in, in one role and then I hired for the other three. And um, which side note, I used wise hire um, which was super helpful and I would highly recommend for people that are hiring because it does a lot of the like the time-consuming part of writing the ad mm -hmm. and pre-screening applicants. Um, it does a disk test for personality and so that was a really great resource that helped me save time on just posting it and kind of pre-screening applicants. But um, yeah, so I broke it into four, four parts, hired for all of those and then I had them all come in on a Saturday and we spent all day just walking through, I mean, and these guys were not, ex these girls were not experienced. Um, couple of them had some element of financial like experience at a bank doing other things, but really no direct mortgage experience. Um, but so it was definitely, it's been a uh, learning curve and it's been, 
I told everyone from the, the get-go of, okay, this is a brand new process. And I know we're all brand, you guys are all brand new. You don't have a lot of experience. I get that. So there's going to be growing pains and I need you all to be flexible. And I need you to all give me as much feedback as you can in terms of what's working, what's not, what I need to tweak. Um, Ishpia has been really inspirational for me in how he reacts and tries, is willing to try things. And if it doesn't work, okay, let's scrap it. Let's try something different. So I tried to make sure that everyone knew that that was the mindset I had with that of, I want, I don't want you to think that this is the way it is and nothing can change. And if it sucks, it sucks. I wanted everyone to be able to speak into what's working and what can we do better and let's respond immediately. So, um, then about a month in, uh, one of the girls that I hired I knew was pregnant, um, but then we found out like a month after we started, another one of the processes was pregnant. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need a plan for that. So I just hired a fifth one and she's mainly for coverage because their maternity leaves are gonna be kind of like bookended on each other. So really it's like a system built of for four, but I have a fifth just to be okay. ready. Yeah, so you're really, you're really preparing for, I mean, it's gotta be tough when you're hiring and we don't, we don't know how long rates are going to be here. This like, we don't know where volume is going to be. I mean, that's the thing in our industry. We have no idea. Um, I've always been a nervous Nelly of hiring. Cause I'm like, I'll just man through it and you know, just yeah. do what we got to do because I don't want to have to lay someone off or do this I or know. do that. Um, so I think it's really cool. Like when I asked you the other day, I'm like, you have five processors. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are your numbers? You know? And I'm like, wow. I'm like, you're there, but you're hiring and you're, you're, you're confident you guys are going to keep going up, which is cool. It's so much better to think that way than think, Oh, might have to lay someone off if volume's not, I mean, so, and you guys mm -hmm. have had two processors for how many years and now you have five, yeah. like right. that's pretty cool. So, I mean, so you would recommend that like you got to, I mean, it's the old thing, right? You got to hire before, you know, yeah, they, and we've oh, never, you can hire too late. Yeah. And we've never done it that way before, but I, I think, I mean, I am a big proponent of listening to Barry Habib and he mm -hmm. tells me that we're, we're rates are going to stay low for at least another year. And so I, I want to be armed and ready to do well during this time. And if, and when things change, um, I, I think, in this model, I can rearrange and maybe condense it to three and then put that fourth person in maybe in a different role, maybe in like an admin kind of thing. Or, um, I, I, back in, you know, 08, when everything was, the, fall, the sky was falling, um, with our two processors, my, my dad was really big on, like, he did not want to put anyone in dire straits. And so he had to put both of our full-time processors to part-time um, so they could get unemployment and they could still hang on. But he was like, I don't want to lay anyone off and I don't want anyone to um, be stuck because of what's going on. And so we kind of had to hobble along for a little while, but then we were both we were able to bring them both back to full time. They both stuck with us and, you know, we stayed in the black and every other broker shop in town, it seemed like shuttered their doors and we were one of the few that stayed standing so that kind of mind I, I definitely have that mindset in the back of my mind for when things change because they will yep. and um I, I i don't want to hire to the point that i'm going to be stuck but um i also don't want us to feel stuck while it's busy so i, I want to be able to continue the growth and not just barely be able to breathe and hang on 
yeah, that's, that's really cool. I mean, th this is where I think these smarter, smaller shops really, really win. Um, it, it, I mean, just look at retail shops. What happens every November and December and January? Totally. They yeah. just start cutting. I mean, it's like clockwork yeah. every year. Just, I mean, we'll see about this year, but um, yeah. what, I mean, it's like clockwork. Every year I've been in the industry, like, all right, when are layoffs coming for, for operation staff? I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that, that's dealing with people's lives that um, it's not really a career for them. I mean, you're, you're right. making careers for people and, and you're mm -hmm. knowing things are going to change, but how can we keep this unit strong and tight knit for the long haul? That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, and, and I mean, it's, it's Ishbia does the same thing. I mean, he, he loads up staff before he has the demand so that when the demand comes, he doesn't have to you know, worry yeah. about training people. And, and that, the model that, that Claire implemented, that whole Henry Ford, you know, assembly line, four brand new, well, three brand new processors at the time, and they're the busiest they've ever been, and yet they were still, there were some hiccups and roadblocks that they had to work through, but they were able to process a lot more files because of that, because each person had to learn a fourth of the system and they have to become a pro at a fourth of the system. And then you can cross train mm -hmm. over time yeah. so that they can do a whole file, but your volume as it increases, you'll be able to handle it more with fewer people mm -hmm. uh, because they're experts in what they do versus a jack of all trades that's kind of like, hey, and in the broker model, you have all these different platforms, all these different lenders are using, uh, they all require different things. Like, yep. it, it just makes it easier. Yeah, processors in the broker model really do a lot mm -hmm. and they have to know a lot of systems. So it it helped a ton for us to have to break it down like that where everyone was be able was able to become proficient much faster mm -hmm. than had they needed to start from square one and learn the whole thing. Yeah, and it keeps you on your toes too. When you have more things going on and you're learning them, it just it kind of makes you smarter. It, it keeps yeah. you on your yeah. toes instead of just Here's one thing I can get lazy just doing this. And, you know, it, it's better that way. It's better to be busy, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm always um, learning. I like that about this industry. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. So we, we've, that was 30 minutes so far. So we got like 10, 15 minutes left, right? Okay. So I want you guys to, you can both chime in on these, but I always ask two questions towards the end, right? Um, first thing is, if you're brand new to the industry, either one, or maybe you're, you're stuck right now or struggling, right? What's one thing you would do? Like, where would you start over or start fresh in this industry? In either one of them. I first. Yeah. Um, I, I really think leaning into learning from other people in the industry is so huge. The, the Brokers Are Better page, it has been so beneficial for the growth of my business and for um, sharpening uh, the other LOs in my office. That that's always been something that I learned from my dad. Really, but before brokers are better and Facebook groups existed, he was really into old school. People would know this, but the brokers output broker outpost. That's what it was called. It was like a like forum, like HTML, like website, but. Um, you know, no one had little images and whatever, but it was like, that was huge for um, communicating with other brokers where, cause you can easily feel like you're on an island um, as a broker. 
Um, because if you don't have, a, especially like one man shops kind of thing, I mean, if you don't have people that you feel like are on your team, that's a really great way to learn from other people that are doing well in other areas that are not your com direct competitors, but that you can learn from. So that's always been something he has invested time into in terms of just, um, you know, learning uh, new guideline changes, new programs that are offered with different lenders and what's it, what's this lender like and what, what are the things that I need to know about how to make things go well and how do you handle this or this is how I handled that. So that's always been something that um, really investing time into learning from other people that have been in this and do things well. Um, I think it's so important and I think brokers are better, the brokers are better page is a huge like easy, obvious way to invest into your business and, and to your own growth. Cool. Definitely. Um, it's similar. Um, surround yourself with people that can pour into you, that you can learn from, be a sponge. Um, find a way to differentiate yourself from your competition. Mm -hmm. um, as a realtor, we're all doing the same thing. We're all selling houses or land or if we're on the commercial side doing leases and uh, how can you differentiate yourself? How can you attract uh, you know, a, a targeted audience? Um, be relatable. Um, and I think it's really important, I spoke to it earlier, is understanding the other side of the industry. I understand lending, uh, my degree is in finance, so maybe I should have been a mortgage broker at some point, but um, I, I understood finance before, but I've really, dove into trying to understand the whole process to it. Um, I'm in vetted VAs and um, mm -hmm. it's, it's Claire and just learning the VA handbook and, and all the regulations that go around it and how often it changes and, and just knowing that stuff so that you can be uh, a great asset to the consumer ultimately. Um, being able to back up the lender. Um, and if you can get uh, knowledgeable about lending as a realtor, uh, you can be an asset to yeah. the lender as opposed to someone working against the lender by making promises that you can't keep, that they can't keep. You make them look bad. Mm -hmm. That's the last thing you want to do because you want to be a re referral source for each other. And if you make them look good, uh, they're going to want to make you look good too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it all the time uh, where one side just doesn't understand the other person's side. And then there's conflict. People get pissed off at each other. But if we just understood each other's sides, then, then you get it like, Oh, all right, this popped up. All right. How can we correct this then quickly? You know, and working as a true team, like when there's that disconnect in lending and real estate, something always happens and someone gets oh, yeah. upset. It's the whole thing. So it's a true teamwork. So, yeah, just that knowledge and, and, and experience is, is key. So that's cool. Awesome. Um, last question. Uh, three to five years, let's say. Where do you see our industries? Where do you see it going? And don't just tell me automation or that, like, where do you really see it to be in three to five years? You want to go first? Uh, you can go first. <laughs> do you want me to go first? Sure. Go. Okay. Um, the industry, the market, more specifically, and what do you, well, what are you, are you wanting just like real estate industry or just the market in general? Yeah. I mean, I think you could go, you could go the real estate industry. You can go yeah. wherever you want to take it. Where do you see it all? Yeah. Um, well, we've been hit uh, with 
big companies like Zillow. And then when realtor.com was sold, uh, I mean, those places dominate uh, the web space. And so you almost have to work with them until you're big enough that you don't have to. Um, so I, I just, I can see them getting bigger. Um, I think there's enough pushback though, um, that as realtors, we need to be protecting ourselves too. Um, you guys have your association. I mean, we're associated, but it's nothing. We have, there's no like brotherhood or sisterhood like you have. Um, and so I, I think something like that should develop. Um, I, I, you'd mentioned starting a group. I would love to have a group where there are brokers, mortgage brokers and realtors together in a forum. Uh, and it could be something that AIM maybe starts to try and draw in more realtors to be able to ask questions, to be able to learn. Um, and as that happens, um, I, I think that uh, realtors as they, as time progresses, um, I think things could be much smoother, like you said, teamwork um, between both sides of the industry. But as um, as this market in general has been insane, I'll just say, sorry, my computer was going nuts. <laughs> That's a retail and lender. Loans blowing up, dude. I'm telling you. Oh, it's crazy. Um, it, the market's been insane. Insane. And we often are asked, like, you know, or, or, or told, I'm going to wait to buy until there's a downturn or until the, yeah. the market drops. And I, it's, we've had a serious drop once since the Great Depression, unless you're like in a, an area where the economy is so uh, specific. There's one industry, maybe two industries where if that industry goes away, obviously your real estate, real estate market's going to drop. But, uh, on average, there's only been one big drop, uh, sustained drop. There's been a couple little ones, but one year, two year drops. Right. Um, so try to explain that. And I, I, I don't think that we're gonna have a big drop from this. Um, I think that it's gonna stabilize, but we just have a huge housing shortage. And so I don't, I think growth is gonna continue for at least another five or six years. I, I people have to have a place to live. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree because, um, I mean, with that, the big mortgage meltdown, I mean, that was all built up on speculation, bad, bad loans. Um, so, yes, our economy is, well, I mean, the economy is kind of a weird anomaly, anomaly right now, but um, before coronavirus, the economy was in a really solid position and um, home values are still in a really solid position. So I know a lot of people are freaking out about like foreclosures and um, as a result of the forbearance kind of thing. I, I don't see, I'm sure there will be some of that, but I, I don't see this like mass wave of that happening because there's just so much more equity in people's homes and they got in those homes based on fully underwritten loans. And um, I just think it's, it's a totally different uh recipe for where we how we're here versus what that looked like 15 years ago so yeah i mean i i, I think rates are going to stay low in the next year and a half um and i i think that even if they go back up i think we're still going to be in a solid state of growth yeah demand yes yeah, yeah. huge demand yeah i totally agree with everything you guys said i got i got nothing to to come back on you <laughs> with that 
I mean, we're seeing it. Like I follow Barry too a lot, right? And yeah. if you just see the trend, a lot of people are saying what you're saying. Who knows, right? We're not going to put ourselves right. in the corner here, but I totally agree. And you have to stay positive. If we're thinking negative the whole time, then what's, what's the point, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I think, and we'll end it here. I think you guys, one day, Claire, you're a real estate agent. Matt, you're a mortgage broker, and you just see what happens. You just flip it. <laughs> we, we've told our kids that one of them needs to start insurance, so then we can just yes! have, like, an absolute, okay. like, vertically integrated. Yes. Yeah. 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 Title company. Yeah, yeah. All of it. Well, you got enough kids. Maybe one of them will do it. <laughs> yeah. The odds are good. The odds are good. <laughs> Cool. Hey, thank you guys so much. I'll let you guys get back to work. Uh, be safe out there. Stay, in, stay indoors, you. right? Don't breathe, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you again, and I hope to see you guys soon. Thanks, thank you. you. Take care. Right. Later, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Broker to Broker podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss a single episode. Head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker and subscribe on any platform where you listen to podcasts.